need Better Touch Tool in the menu bar? I do because Better Touch Tool isn't available in the dock when it's running. Right. So to get to it, I have to access it that way. Um, same thing with like copied. It's become more or less like a launcher to keep things from cluttering your dock. Right. And and to be convenient for me, I would much rather like for everything that I have running up there that allows me to do a hotkey. I use a hotkey and pop it down. I use that. Uh, um, I use Control Option and Command, and then a first letter of the app usually to pop it up and down. So I don't even what for bartender? You mean for uh, no? So like for copied, I do Control Option. <laughs> you just just. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like I just hit that and yeah. they pop up. Or there's the the played one. I have that mapped to P, and it'll play whatever. Oh wait, what? I don't, I don't, I don't know. What you're I just use hotkeys. Mean... That's what I'm getting. Oh, okay, at. just use hotkeys gotcha. to pop them up and down, and and so that works. You okay. can't do that for like. I guess you can for better touch tool. I suppose you could. Yeah. There's just I guess there's just what I'm too many. Is, there's not there's not the menu bar used to be. Or is this the show? I don't, know. I don't know. I'm recording too, so let's yeah, just. Okay. Well, hey. the mini bar used to be uh, <laughs> for notifications, really. Like, like in a way, it was like to let you know this application's running. Yeah, or, but, or display a state of that or, running application. Yeah, right. Like uh, shush, it shows whether or not it's muted or. Um, what is it? Yeah, handy. Little little snitch is one. The little I have. snitch it I have up there as well. Network. Yeah. Yeah. And mail it? notification for mailmates. Yes, I have that one up. Uh, I have Fantastic How. Fantastic How. This is what people like, right? They, people people like you talking about venue bars. Hey, well, you know, we're giving them uh, some helpful information, so they get a lot of helpful information from us, Gabe. <laughs> so we can. We're helping. <laughs> You know what we're also going to help with today? Some taste testing. Taste testing. Yeah. Yes. We're gonna, test tasting. We're going to uh, we're going to test our taste. Uh, we're gonna, That's right. Um, this is something we talked about doing ages ago, and we just never got around to it, or we never found the beer, or, or whatever. But uh, it, it, we thought it'd be interesting to compare and contrast Dogfish Head sixty minute IPA with the ninety minute Imperial IPA. Right. And so that's what we're going to do. But beers that I've had copious quantities yes, of. Yes, I've had life. them many times, usually on tap. I don't usually buy bottles of them. Oh, uh, I do. Yeah. I, I like to keep a uh, 90-minute around. It's one of my favorite IPAs. It's really good. Um, and I haven't mm-hmm. had it in ages, so I'm looking forward to doing this. 60-minute. So this is this is another one for me. I don't usually drink 60-minute because I don't typically like it that much. Um, so this will be an interesting comparison. Not not that I dislike it. It's just not when I turn to an IPA. Not one of the ones I turn to. Well, I think it's it's a it's what I would consider a standard American IPA. Like it's it's good. And when it came out, it was amazing. But it's kind of been overshadowed in a lot of ways by some of the beers I like more. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Um, I guess the the style feels a little. Dated isn't the right yeah, word. It's, it's, it's like just, over. It's the field is overwhelming. Let's dull. put it that way. Yeah. yeah, in comparison to like getting like what did I have Lupulin River last night? How was that? Um, Who is that? And what is that? Fantastic beer. It's what um, the name. Knee deep. Oh, knee deep. Knee deep brewing, which you can't get there. So I only drink beers you can't get. Yeah, so I can tell you. Thanks a lot. Um, actually, uh, it, it is. Uh, they do make it available on 
tap. In fact, the bartender at the pub around the corner texted me yesterday and said that they had Breaking Bud on tap. Hmm. Which that's good too. Which we See, immediately... th- that's what I mean. Like, um, <laughs> those are those are great. And when I pick up, say, well, let, let's turn to like one of the, the oldest that I, that I'm still fond of, which is like a Sierra Nevada IPA yep. or something like that. It, it's good, <clears throat> and I definitely enjoy it when I have one. But it's not in that category of like, wow, this is fantastic. Or like when you see it on a store shelf, or, or you your don't bartender leap for texts it, you. Know? you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bartenders don't text you to say Sierra Nevada's back <laughs> no, on tap. They don't. No, but you know, looking back to our, our our trip to Asheville when we went to the brewery, every beer that we had there—well, not every beer, but pretty much the majority of the beers for sure—and some of the beers were outstanding. All of them were really solid. Sierra Nevada yeah. and and yeah, some the, Sierra Nevada makes good beer, man. They they haven't gotten to where they are by making crummy junk. beer, right? Exactly, and I think the same thing with Dogfish Head in the sixty minute. I think it, uh, it when I go to restaurants around here that uh, say they you know they're kind of like not beer places, but they say they have craft beer. It's usually Dogfish Head sixty minute beer. Yeah, you know it's it's it, between that and the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, those are kind of. Uh, they're everywhere, and they're they're very good, but they're not exceptional. There's nothing uh, strange or noteworthy about them, and that doesn't make yeah. them bad. It just makes them, you know, that. So, all which, right. So, which one six, are we drinking first? Sixty minute, ninety minute. Um, I would say we start with the sixty. I would think so but, too. Uh, Less intense. So, th- for clarification, the whole sixty ninety is the number of minutes it's continually hopped. I think uh, Sam Calgione, uh I don't know if he invented it, but it was is one of their things at Dogfish Head for for ninety minute that I think caught a lot of attention where they continuously hop it. So they have a little vibrating hopper that drops hops in throughout a ninety minute boil. So the idea is you get a lot of different hop characteristics from the early edition stuff being super bitter and then the late edition stuff being really fresh flavors. And this whole like wide range in between, and that's unusual. That yeah, they hop um, beers like that. Usually, they have a hop schedule where they they put in hops at specific times to get specific effects. Exactly, and and um, yeah, for for those who don't brew your own beer, um, you know th- there are phases like Abe mentioned, like. Uh, like the bittering phase where you put in hops to add the bitterness and then you have the, the flavoring phases which are come later because less of the the oils from the uh, from the hops get broken down and then you've got the, the smell the aroma hops at the end usually um, mm-hmm. and so yeah by doing it through 60 and 90 minute intervals you get tons of strange and interesting flavors from the hops yeah. that you don't usually get and in this particular case, there's also a difference in the alcohol, and they're kind of one is the double ninety is like the double of the sixty is the way I think about it, right? Like the double IPA, ninety is the double IPA, and sixty minute is like the pale ale, I guess. Yeah, it looks like it, and or, I'm looking at the IPA, yeah, whatever. IPA, and the yeah, it's an India pale ale, it says, and then the it looks like they also in addition to doing the 90 minute uh hop addition cycle they also dry hop it in the tank as well so as if they didn't have enough hop flavors the usually the dry hopping gives it a blast of scent as well so i'm looking for it i'm like like my mouth is watering right, right now so uh let's try the 60 yeah, try. minutes and comparison wise the 90 minutes a little darker orange yeah, more caramel. But, but pretty similar to each other yeah a little bit uh the the 
the 60s kind of more of a not a straw color but like a, a light gold and the uh, yeah and 60 is um very i would say malt has a really nice malt front to it mm-hmm. and then followed by some some pretty big bitterness yeah, i would say the bitterness is definitely there for sure um it's not un- unpleasant i mean i can see why mm. people drink it a lot yeah, it I, again falls right into like the Sierra Nevada, you know, West Coast flavor IPA. It's it's tasty. It's good. It's but again, I I don't think I would <clears throat> put this on tap at my house or anything. Mm, yeah, you always have the cream of the crop when you when you well, stock I have what your... I what I enjoy drinking regularly. That's the whole point of the. What's on there now? Did you finally remember what was on your third tap? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> It's, I think a saison from somewhere. I have oh, to look. I the labels on the on oh the keg somewhere. Yeah, um, but it it's good. I had a couple <laughs> glasses this weekend. <laughs> going, mm, man, I got to find out what this is on my tab. Oh, that is so confusing. Yeah, I um, well, we don't need to go into beers that we had until later on because I've had some really good ones. But um, let's give this ninety minute a taste too. Nose on this one is definitely a yeah. bigger floral nose yeah, to it. Sweeter smelling. Really in your face, um, especially when the glass is in your face. Oh, that's good. That's a really good beer. Oh, yeah. I prefer that. It's like some sweetness, really well-rounded hop flavor from... Yeah. The bitterness is a lot less prominent in the 90-minute, I think. It um, I often think of 90-minute as being more bitter, but... Comparing the the two. sweetness up front. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the sweetness up front, and then the well-rounded, like hop flavor with a little bit of pine, a little bit of citrus in it. Yeah, that's 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 good stuff. That's, that's funny. It's it's totally changed my perception of the two. Like I never thought of 60 minutes being the more bitter of the two. Well, it's um I don't know how much it affects uh I'm sure that when depending on what you eat affects it too, but I haven't had anything to eat for a while. So this is like a Well, this will be a fun show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two beers by the end of it i'll be making less sense than usual <laughs> a 90 and a 60 <laughs> <laughs> but um i'm just saying that more of the actual taste of like usually when i'm having 60 minute it's at a restaurant and i'm having food and so it's it's kind of really confusing the flavor profile yeah and now it's it's uh, just pure beer and i think you're you're right the bitterness really kind of stands out and lingers although that 90 minute bitterness definitely doesn't it doesn't uh, go away real quick. Yeah. So, so ninety minute, ninety IBU, nine percent ABV. Oh boy. So, and <laughs> uh, sixty minute. One. Oh, that's. I think this has to be coincidental. Sixty minute is sixty IBU and six percent ABV. Wow. Or, or they're just they are fiercely precise in the way that they brew their beers. They really could be. I don't know. I dr- That's great. I drove by the good, bur- good way to think of yeah. it. <laughs> um, no, I'm into this stuff. Do you know uh, what else I'm into lately? <laughs> watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watching TV. Uh, as we talked many times, I'm not a huge TV watcher, but um, when I want to watch TV, uh, I'm very, <laughs> very particular about how I watch it. So my recent home edition uh, at your... 
Uh, you didn't prod prod me to get it. You just talked about how awesome it was all the time. And yeah, I wasn't trying to force you to get it. I was just making you feel like you were missing out by not having which, it. Uh, which I was missing out on having not having the new Apple TV. Um, and that is the topic of the show because it ties back into some of the other uh, topics that we've kind of touched on here and there. Uh, we touched on it on our uh, episode 40, which is the Tokyo and Entertainment on the Go show. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the topics that came up there definitely apply to the Apple TV because they've made some key changes to it that uh, made it a lot made more it, awesome. Yeah, they made it not suck. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm going to go the other route. Yeah. They didn't make it a lot more awesome because Apple TV 3 wasn't was not awesome. entirely awesome. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, why don't you give me a little bit of the rundown as to your decision-making process? Which one did you buy, and you know, <clears throat> did you pre-order it, all that stuff? I did not pre-order it because it wasn't something I felt <clears throat> was an emergency or super compelled to get. We have a bunch of Apple TVs. I've had every generation of the Apple TV, all the way back to the first one that had the hard drive in it. Uh, multiples of each of those. I have Roku's. I have Fire TVs. Like we, it's funny. I could say we don't watch a lot of TV. We, <laughs> I, I'm also very selective about what we watch. We don't watch like primary networks. Right. You don't NBC, just leave the ABC, TV CBS. on all the time. We don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. We don't watch like the shows that most people like Amazing Race or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of what we watch are we watch our own movies a lot, like the stuff that we already own mm-hmm. because those are the movies we know we like, and we watch um, t- like specific TV series and we'll rewatch it like Adventure Time. Right. We we watch Adventure Time every week, mm-hmm. like not just the new episodes. Like we re we rewatch entire seasons, and that's just how we do things as a family together. So these devices are like the best way to do that. I don't want to hook up a, I've done the home PC theater PC thing. Mm-hmm. That's just like, you might as well just tell your family you hate them. <laughs> if you're hooking up a home theater PC, Yeah, I, like, um, I really don't care about you as a human being. So, so here you go. Here's your new TV so, remote. Yeah. Which is your phone an app on your phone. Yeah, I know it's, yeah. um, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. We are very selective about what we watch, not saying that we only watch good TV, because we definitely watch a few uh, kind of trashy crime shows and stuff like that. But um, I think the the idea, though, is that we want to be able to, uh, you know, control the time at which we see stuff. And, yeah, don't waste your yeah, time. Like, exactly. watch things that are truly enjoyable to you. Exactly. So I think we both got the same model. Yes, I'm pretty sure we did. Which is, there's like two models, right? Yeah. (laughs) They don't drown you in choice. How much onboard memory do you want on the device? And my approach was, I have no idea. Right. Because I don't know how you are going to use the memory Apple. Right. Is it just for games that save their state? Or is it like caching uh, display elements? Or is it caching video as I play it? Right. So the price difference was like 50 bucks. 50 bucks, yeah. Yeah, so I just went with the higher priced $50 over the course of the, the lifetime of the device and how many how much money I'm going to spend on videos and stuff like that seemed probably worth it. I'm kind of glad I did because you can actually go in through the settings and say, you know, look at how your how your storage is broken down mm. and lots of apps are using storage, not just games. Interesting. I, yeah. So they're definitely doing something there with 
with the story. Which, which I, I guess, you know, if you're familiar with their, how they do stuff, um, it, it, my, my, my buddy Scott was like, you know, just get the, spend the extra 50 bucks. Cause I was kind of debating it and I knew, I obviously know which one you're going to buy because that's just, I know how you do things. That's, that's um, my approach. And, uh, and I thought, well, that was, that's kind of my, my first thought, but I thought, well, and I don't plan on installing any games or have this being a game console, so maybe I shouldn't worry about it. But I think it went back to the whole, you don't know what it's going to do as far as caching video or, you know, if you lose connectivity, maybe there's going to be a way for you to cache shows and stuff like that that, you know, you can... This is also the first device in this category, I would say. Like, they've, it's a new device. I know it looks similar, but it's really a totally new thing. It is very, very new. In fact, some of the things... So let me back up a minute. Um, When they first announced it, I was not thrilled. When you told me how awesome it was, I was not swayed. Um, and, And I thought, well, you know, so our setup right now is we do have a Mac Mini attached to a television. And it usually is running the Plex uh, console essentially, so you can use the Plex app on your phone to pick a show, and it starts playing, and it's it's pretty easy. Um, and then on our other HDMI port, we have the app, the old Apple TV, and so it will depending on what my wife wants to watch throughout the day or in the evening, she can she'll have to you know use the TV controller to switch to the HDMI port and then watch what she wants to watch, etc. And I would say lately the Apple TV has been kind of flaky. Like the HBO Now app basically always reboots the Apple TV. You mean the Apple TV 3? Yeah, the old one. Your yeah, old the one. old one, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been getting pretty flaky. So yeah, so we've been pretty frustrated by it. And it, it, she said, eh, it still works fine. You don't need to do it. She just mostly watches Netflix on it. It's not a big deal. But then I started you know, hearing some of the things that you were talking about, and it sounded kind of neat, like the uh, the Siri stuff, which we can talk about in a minute, and the uh, the way the controller works now is kind of the way it always should have worked. I'm sure there's technology hurdles there, but it is it does stuff now that once my wife saw it, she's like, oh, okay, all right, this was definitely well, the, worth the it. The trick is going to be, and I'm I can't wait to see if this finally moves them out of the hobby realm of this device. But I think a lot of people are soured on the Apple TV, and a lot of what I would consider like normal people that don't care about the minutia of technology are probably going to avoid it mm-hmm. and just keep doing like I have friends that they've already moved to Roku's. Yeah, I'm betting they'll never try the new Apple TV. I, I because hear a lot the of reason that they moved to Roku was because the Apple TV was rebooting, not authorizing, you know. And these are people that are using the device as it's made to be used. Right, right, exactly. And and uh, I think Roku has done a good job of putting the name out there. Um, I've known people who have used them for years. You said you've used them for years. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of competition for this right now. So for me, uh, I can't really speak to what Roku does versus the Apple TV, but I do know that as far as the Apple TV goes, it does some specific things that I'd always wanted a little controller like this to do, and so far they had never done it uh, in none of the other ones I've seen or used. Yeah. Um, so some of those features are the uh, – we have f- – so, uh, yeah, okay, uh, Hold on. Let's, let's take a different, different sure. point. I don't want to do a feature breakdown. Okay. You're, you're you're trying to convince your buddy who gave up on the Apple TV and bought a Roku. 
uh, what is the biggest selling point of the new Apple TV, in your opinion? Like, why? What is the reason to go out and plop a hundred and fifty bucks on this thing? If he already has a Roku, or yeah, mm. yeah. What's the reason to even can think about this as like a worthwhile choice? Um. Well, I don't know if the because I've never used a Roku. I don't know if these things are better than the Roku. But the the things that dr- like had me nodding my head in agreement at at what it does is um, when I hit the, the TV on button, it automatically switches to the right HDMI <laughs> yeah. port and turns on. And then nuts. It is so <laughs> great. It's it's nuts because apparently that's that's technology built into the TV. Yes, and they're just they're just leveraging it and i'm now like why doesn't every other That's device what do I was this thinking you know you lazy bastard yeah it, it was um so it, my wife was actually the one who discovered that and i had heard that that was something that it did but i'd forgotten about it so she just picked up the controller and i said yeah it'll turn the tv on now i don't think she was expecting it to do the hdmi and so she hits the button and um it swaps to the HDMI port, turns the thing on, um, and then I was uh, doing something on the PS4, and which is on a different HDMI port, obviously. And she hit the TV button, and it swapped back to the uh, Apple <laughs> Apple TV's HDMI port without yeah, her having to change funny. anything. It, it, does, it does take over too. Yeah, and it it controls volume. So oh, right, it's yeah. just that very basic thing of like just pick up. You want to watch the Apple TV? This is your remote. Yep. Just use this remote. You don't have to. That is such a huge. I will say my kid is seven, a uh, little over seven, and in her whole life she's never felt com- comfortable enough with our TV setup, and I'm, I don't think ours is very crazy to like use it. She always just asks us to turn things on. Can you turn this on? She like knows how to pause a show. Mm-hmm. That's it. And no matter which device it was, because. It only takes one or two times of hitting the wrong input and being totally baffled. Yeah, flummoxed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because it's completely foreign to her that there would be different inputs and all this stuff. And she is so giddy to be able to pick up the Apple TV remote and turn it on and watch what it, watch the show she wants well, to watch. Well, and I think we, um, we're kind of like that boiled frog at this point as far as TV goes. Because, like, you know, the old adage that if you put a, a, a frog in a pot of cold water and, and turn on the heat it won't know enough to jump out until it's boiled to death so mm-hmm. we all got our tvs and then we got our cable boxes and then then all of a sudden we got a console here or there or we got an apple tv and then we got um a dvr that was built into our cable box or you had a tivo and before you knew it you had five controllers and they all had to be on different you know but it happened so slowly that yeah, if right. you managed your TV, it was like, oh yeah, that has to be on four, and then this thing has to be more on than or whatever. Three HDMI inputs <laughs> exactly. on a TV—that's that's crazy nuts. talk. Right. So I think it was you and me. We were at our friend's house, and his his daughters were like, "Can you help us turn the TV on? We can't get it to show the show we want to watch." And yeah, he was gone right. for like ten minutes <laughs> trying to figure out like which. <laughs> and that was not the only time that yeah. happened because so. <laughs> something got turned off at the switch. Yep. And didn't go on when you hit the it's, control. And it's awful. It's so yeah. awful that this is the the environment we now have had to live in. So we haven't turned on anything else other than the Apple TV on our primary TV since I got yeah, it. Yeah, same, same with like us. Like, it's been set to Apple TV. That's all we've been watching. And it does mean that I'm 
perfectly aware of the gaps that remain. Which I'd love to but hear about. But on the other hand, my kid is thrilled with like the Disney Channel apps mm-hmm. on the TV because you can watch whole shows. She just sits down and she's like, I want to watch every episode of Doc McStuffins. Doc <laughs> McStuffins. Okay. <laughs> and, and boom, she comes in, she turns on the Apple TV, she goes to the Disney app, launches it, goes to Doc McStuffins. You know, goes all the way through. She knows how to do everything. She knows how to skip backward and forward now. Mm, that's good. Uh, she's learning the Siri commands of like, she actually did the, what did he say? Oh, yeah. Trick. So wait, you got to explain this because you said this to me the other day and it blew my mind. It's bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> like we we're watching a video and if you, while you're watching it, you say, you, you hold down the Siri button, you say, what did he say? It'll jump back, I don't know, like 20 seconds, and then turn on subtitles as it replays that 20 seconds. And then when it catches back up to where you were, it turns subtitles off and continues playing. Yeah, when you told me that, I was, I think I actually, um, I ordered it that day, I think. It, it, not, every, <laughs> not every app supports mm-hmm. it, and, you know, it, it's not a feature everywhere. And that's one of my complaints is we're still at that rough point of there's really not a whole lot of continuity between apps yeah. and between what Siri can do with different content and different apps and everything. Yeah, and that is my uh, that's my only complaint so far um, is is a little bit of the Siri stuff um, which we can go into in depth, but I think just to refer to what you're talking about, if I hold down the Siri button and I ask it to search for a given show, it often doesn't find that show in other apps or, you know, it, you know, on Plex or something no, right. like that. It wants it wants you to go to the iTunes content. Right. Yeah. It it. But I, which was my complaint with the Amazon Fire, honestly, because Amazon Fire, it's all oriented around. They want you to go to Amazon. Right. And, and I understand it, and that's kind of what the Apple TV does. They want you to go to iTunes content for stuff, and if you own a ton of iTunes content, content, you're all set. Yeah, you're in great shape. <laughs> you got what you need. Because uh, this will this will work with all that and integrate with all of it, and that's that's stellar. But uh, I wanted to ask you: Are you? So I know you're a big big Plex user. Mm-hmm. Also, your fault, like I am. Uh, how much are you using Plex now versus going back to using some of your iTunes content? I actually, uh, I would say we're watching Plex ninety percent of the time on there. Okay. Um, we don't have a ton of iTunes content. It's nice that it shows up first in the list of things to watch. Uh, when you go to TV shows or whatever, you know, it doesn't, it's not immediately trying to sell you new stuff. It's saying, here's all the stuff you currently own if you want to watch some of it, um, which I thought was good, but we just don't have that much of it. Uh, almost all of our shows are on our Plex library or, okay, or Friends well Plex library. Yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to watch iTunes then if you have to rebuy everything. No. Yeah. So I, I get that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm finding myself slipping back into i watching that content through iTunes mm-hmm. just because it's, it works that well. It like I don't have any streaming problems anymore. Mm. The whole authorizing period that's gone. That's great. Like no authorizing messages. It just plays the iTunes content that I ask it to play, and the fact that it works with Siri is pretty awesome. Yeah, but the Plex app is really. Excellent it's on awesome. the Apple TV. It is awesome. It, it's, it's not not my favorite Plex. I prefer like their last whatever their they they did they just did a um, update to the Plex app for like Roku that gave it this new interface mm. for navigating large libraries where you can like scroll down to a, a you know a alphabet and then quickly jump oh, to okay. like movies that start with that letter. 
and that was great because we have a lot of lot of movies. Th- this one, my biggest complaint about the Plex app is also my biggest complaint about all the Apple TV um, like apps. Is there's a lot of horizontal scrolling. Yeah. Um, to get through everything. Lots and lots of swipe, 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 swipe. Yeah, for me, um, we don't have tons and tons of con- of different kinds of shows. We'll have, I don't know, 10 shows that are up there and then uh, not many episodes oh, that's in right. There. You purge. Yeah. You, like, watch and then um, purge. I do that less now that I have a Synology. I used to do that all the time when I just had a small attached drive and, and had to keep it relatively clean. Yeah. But actually, I haven't purged anything for since the Synology arrived. It's just <laughs> okay. all sticking out there. <laughs> See, there you um, go. But my, my friend uh, shared his Plex library, and he has tons of movies that he had uh, cataloged there. And it is it does take forever to swipe yeah. down to the bottom, and it's hard to find stuff. So, I mean, it's fun if you like just browsing stuff uh works great that but not if you know exactly what you, you want to do a lot of swiping yeah yeah um because search stinks and that's a <laughs> and that is a problem uh that is the that's the big problem is that if siri search worked across all apps and maybe it will eventually i mean maybe that will become yeah, a reality I think that's up to the app maker they have to expose their content and this is I version think, one of all this stuff yeah. you know um but if you could say you know so so this is the the, the out-of-the-box experience we had right so um i plug it in uh set it to hdmi one it comes up i you know my wife was mercifully not present while I was typing in those long-ass uh, passwords and email addresses in to activate everything, because um, that does take a while <laughs> with that yeah. little controller. And um, But you put your phone next to it, uh, your your iPhone, and it finds all of the Wi-Fi pa- you know, settings and sets it up password-wise. You have to authenticate on your phone, but you don't have to type all that junk in on the Apple TV, which I thought was pretty darn thoughtful. Um, and at that point, you're in... And then I downloaded the Plex app, put my credentials in for that, and it had all of our shows with thumbnails, with progress bars of stuff we watched the night before. That's because it's on your Plex server. Exactly. And it was like, this is, it's like, it it just like, it came for free, you know, quote unquote. That's that's one of the awesome things about Plex, because if you install the Plex app on any device, and you connect it through your ID, that's what you get. Same experience. Yeah. It's all just right it's there. It's really, really great. Because um, your server is the one that tracks all holding of it. on to that info it's for It's really you. smart. And so we were um, we were able to pick up within 10 minutes watching the show that we had finished the night before, or not finished the night before, just watched the remaining 20 minutes of it. With that, It didn't skip a beat, and it was fantastic. And I also noticed yeah. um, there's one show that we had always wanted to wa- want to watch, and the audio would always be messed up on it. It would always say, this audio form not supported on my Mac Mini, which is running this server for this. Um, Apple TV. Oh, your Mac Mini is running, yeah, running the Plex. Plex. Yeah. I forgot. You have your setup that way. You're not running the Plex on the Synology. server from your Synology. Well, the Synology, so- uh, the model I have doesn't support it. And yeah, well, it turns out a lot of people got burned yes. when the Apple TV first came out because there was a bug, or there is a bug mm. with the version of Plex on Synology that doesn't play well with the new Apple TV oh, interesting. for whatever reason. That, I lucked out by being so ridiculous that I installed, <laughs> I did my own manual custom install of Plex a long time ago so that I could stay up to date with Plex releases because I didn't like. For the Synology Plex server, you have to wait for basically Plex or for the you have to wait for Synology to put the update in their 
app inventory uh, to get an update. Okay. And that only happens rarely uh, in my experience. So I decided I didn't want to go that route. So I did a manual install of the Plex server. And now I get I get like Plex updates for the Synology every other week or something like that. Oh, that's like pretty that. great. See, so mine didn't have that bug. <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah, I, I'm running it on the, on the Mini because the Mini is doing a lot of other stuff. Like if it was only running the Plex app, I would probably look to do something else. But I run so much of my, my sure. automation scripts and my Hazel routines and my photo syncing and all that stuff happens on the Mini. So I, it just makes sense to leave it up. And Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. No, I used to run a Mini. Yeah, the it's an awesome little... It's a computer. great little thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a Plex app, it's the, it's better than the PS4 Plex app, um, which I still think is pretty darn good. Um, it's nice that you can just watch Plex from wherever you happen to be. Um, and just, you know, if I'm... That's, that's one of the reasons, like, I started thinking, would I bother turning off my Plex server if I was pretty happy with all the stuff I got through iTunes and... I don't think I would just because Plex is just so much more flexible. It is, yeah. That like I control it. I don't have DRM on my stuff. I don't have to worry about somebody removing their content from some store. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like that. A good example is we because I put my take my iTunes content and put it in Plex. Um. If if it comes up, I'll play it on iTunes now on the mm-hmm. Apple TV. Like if we're looking for that it, it movie, because it runs just as well. I guess it sounds like. right. But I still put my new content also on the Plex because I can then get to it from basically any, any device. device anywhere. Yeah, that's the other thing uh, for Plex. Um, and we talked about this on the episode forty. You know, we went to a wedding and I had my iPad and we were able to watch all of the stuff on our Plex server over Wi-Fi in a hotel room. And uh, you know, it's just. It just works, you know, and um, I don't know. I tried Plex a long time ago, and it was nowhere near what it is now. It is really, really robust. Yeah. Um, the iPhone I app's still, good, too. The iOS app still bugs me in some ways. Like, the caching offline takes a lo- lot longer than I would like. I'm sure. And it it um, has some quirks about getting to your library and stuff like that, but it's it's good, mm-hmm. and that's what we use when we travel. So we use Plex. So, it, it, since we don't want to turn this into a Plex show, although I'd be happy to, um, what are some of the other apps on the Apple TV that you've downloaded that you're like, oh, this is not a bad first uh, try out of boy. the box? Yeah, I got I got lots pro and con on this. <laughs> so let me know what angle you're interested in. So the Disney apps are great. The Disney Channel apps are great if you have kids. Um, most of them. Basically, don't have commercials. You need to sign in via cable, right? You have to sign in through your cable provider, and then you get the content. But then you get it commercial free, and you get basically on demand of those shows. One, I think, uh, one of the Disney channels, you do have to watch commercials. Which, Hmm. I mean, I guess I'm okay with that. I'm watching commercials when I pay for cable, anyways. So, which is the fact that I bought an Apple TV probably shouldn't change that. It's a very annoying thing, though. (laughs) It is super annoying, and I'll get to one that is even more annoying because, okay, so FX Now Mm -hmm. is a is a cool um, app for the FX channel. Okay, which is they have a bunch of. 
like I think they have Fargo and you know they have a, they have a lot of like really pretty decent content. Uh, Fargo is amazing. Yeah, you keep telling me about that. I I didn't even finish season 1. I really need to do ah, that. Ah, season 2, man. Okay, so uh <laughs> you you have to have a cable account right. and it will re- require you to go to a browser, put in like at, fxnow.com slash activate and then you type in a code that they show you on the screen oh, so yeah you're not having to use the Apple TV remote to type in the code on the Apple TV you're typing it into their web page on a, in a browser so I did it on my phone hmm, okay and so that's kind of annoying and then you want to play a um, show and it's pretty good but what's awesome if you like the Simpsons they have an entire section dedicated to The Simpsons where you can watch any episode from all 27 what? seasons. You can watch specials. You can watch... That's the, FX like, now? Yeah. Holy it's crow. awesome. So I sat there and I was like, whoa, let's watch something from season five. You know, you can... It's so great. And you can watch a widescreen or um, 4.3 it's it's well really really well done i know what i'm I would doing say. after this podcast totally worth it but of course you have to subscribe right. through cable tv so my whole dream of like cutting the cable is dashed yeah. because that's the whole reason i want the apple tv is so i can do something like that like watch any simpsons episode or you know watch all these other shows that i like without having to well, you know, pay for cable well, TV. Well, that's why I HBO would, Now is so nice. Is like you yeah, can watch HBO Now is cool. Yeah. Like my wife liked that. She could jump in and watch any one of the series from HBO. Uh, what was the one that I did? History Channel. I thought that would be great. Like the History Channel of just you know most most of the time the History Channel is a bunch of like garbage redneck shows. <laughs> just to be yeah. frank, it's like catfishing with your hands <laughs> and like making moonshine and. <laughs> And then every once in a while, show about the Bible. Yeah, Yeah, that's the History Channel. But but they also have some pretty decent stuff that that is entertaining. I'll I'll take your your word for it. But but whatever. It's it's the History Channel is not as the name would imply about quality history (laughs) programming. Uh, Probably drunk history is probably a better one for that. What really kills it is there are a ton of commercials per show. You have to authorize. And then there are a ton of commercials per show that are unskippable. What? So you have to watch like four commercials in a row and then the show continues and then four commercials and then the show continues and it's a lot of them. And the fact Mm. that they're unskippable makes it worse than my cable box. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And you're already paying for the cable television programming. So it's like they're getting the money from the advertising. They're getting the money from the cable. And it's, to me, it's always this right. balance of, is it worth this inconvenience? Yeah, I, and I just don't, don't I, watch I, it. It wasn't worth it watching some one more survival show uh, that happened to have 18 commercials that were unskippable. I was just like, this show isn't worth that's it. Exactly so, the consi- <laughs> that's what I usually come down to, right? I come down to... Yeah. I would rather not have this content in my life than than subject myself to this because it's not worth it. Right. So that, that's, you know, I've played a couple games. They're okay. Most of the games clearly weren't made for this controller. They're not super fun to me. Maybe my kid would like it. Like, I'd love some type of, like, cartoony racing game, you know, to play with her with the little little controller or with some f- peripheral that you can buy for it. But... 
it, are you going to buy probably a not something we're going to do. It? Like to me, it was, you already have a PS4. Not until I start seeing some better games come out. Yeah, but the PS4 is like it's an adult. She's not no, going to. She's, she's not, not going to want to play an F1 game. <laughs> like that's uh, she. You know, something fun, something forgiving, something easy to control. That's that's the key. And I just feel like most of the games for the Apple TV are. Hey, we already had an iPhone app. Here it is on your TV. Right, exactly. And to be fair, like I don't think. Developers had a lot of time no, and, to, and to build towards this device, but they're, they're just not that great. Mm. Well, I haven't downloaded any games. Uh, I like having a very small selection of stuff that I have to scroll through. Um, so far, we've uh, downloaded the Reuters news app. Um, yeah, how's that? I haven't used that. It's pretty interesting. So what it does is it opens up and says, how much time do you have for the news right now? And it gives you like a 10 and 15 and 30 minute increments. <laughs> See, that doesn't work for me because I'd be like, well, what are you going to tell exactly. me about? Well, so when you hit it, <laughs> it when you hit 10 minutes, it gives you a little recap of saying, here's the stories that we can cover in 10 minutes. And it gives you like a little headline and like a photo or maybe a little three second like Blah, 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 blah. Here's what's about to show okay. you. So, so you can decide if you want to, you know. So it varies the length of the news summary, yes. not, not the number of stories. I, I haven't tried anything so other like, than the 10-minute one. It's not like 30 minutes is like 30 minutes of Courtney Kardashian or something <laughs> no, like that. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, I think it's just the order of priority. So, uh, so that was pretty interesting. And I think, you know. I'm not. A, that's a that's a cool approach to news. Yeah, is because based on how much time you're willing to allocate to yeah, news. Yeah, because then the, the chances are that you're going to watch the whole thing. Like I only know there's ten minutes, and I want to see all these stories that they 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 you know give a preface for. So I'm just going to watch them all. I would love to. I let. I would love to start seeing somebody play with that approach to news, like almost like. Well, do you just want the stuff that's really going to directly actually impact oh, you? Be or do you want e- to neater. know what's going on in the world? Or do you want to be made sad? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you, do you want to give up all yeah, hope? Yeah, that's Press basically here. all the news. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of neat. And they do have commercials in that. So after you, like, not long ones, but, you know, there'll be, like, you have a story, then one or two commercials, and another story, one or two commercials, and then it's over. Um, and I didn't find that as egregious because it is a new service that's not i don't have i don't have regular cable so i'm not i'm not really getting a lot of ads in my life anyway um what else did we get we got um nbc sports app because it has um f1 racing and all that you know the european uh football and stuff i think you have to i haven't logged into it yet but i think you have to verify that you have cable tv to to, to so do that, that so that won't it work, work for me because i but i haven't tried it yet okay. so maybe it'll show me some shows but not all of them i'm not sure because i'm able to watch some of those shows on my ipad and i'm assuming it's a very similar app so we'll see okay um how about uh have you have you checked out the movie previews i added that channel um i used to That's watch cool. the movie preview um when it was on the Apple TV, and it's interesting to see what's out there that I'll never go watch because um, we don't go to the movies. <laughs> but it is kind of yeah. cool, um, you know. It has that old in a world, in time. <laughs> I just yeah, I like to see what's coming out yeah, and like cool. look forward to and something. Nice. And yeah, I like that app. And um, then we have Plex, and then I think that's basically the only apps I have. There's not there a right lot now. of channels, to be yeah. honest. There's not a lot of channels out yet. Like, there's some major ones missing for us, like uh, Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to believe there wasn't already a Nickelodeon app ready to go for Apple TV. Um, there's, 
and there's no sci-fi oh, right yeah app which i or siffy or whatever <laughs> syphilis the syphilis channel <laughs> whatever they call um, it now yeah there's several of those those like uh, so are you saying that you would i don't think there was an a and e channel which was a little a little surprising too so you're saying that you would prefer watching all of your cable stuff on the apple tv if, if if it gives me direct access to the show I want to watch when I want to watch no, it, no that, that's the big right? benefit. It's almost like on demand, uh, which I can do somewhat through my TV. But I would love to say, like, you know, pick up the A and E app and go watch an episode of Law and Order from ten years ago. I'll watch the commercials. I don't care. Put some commercials in it and like make your make your buck fifty off mm-hmm. me. But the that's probably overestimated. Yeah, they, it is what they make off of me. But that would be my preference to like to interface with the TV, like not the grazing, not the I'm going to watch this modern episode with the take on GamerGate because it's not. That's, well, I don't find that super compelling. I think the, the the thing for me and the whole how choosing how you watch television is is been something I've obviously been thinking about for a long time because you know we when we moved here we just didn't get any uh, cable TV. And I thought, well, this is going to be an interesting experiment. Um, So far it's been good. I think that if you, I think the thing that I discovered is that I would rather pay for shows to watch with no commercials than have commercials. Like I would rather, absolutely, you know, and I think that is, that's assuming that that is a business model. They want to, exactly. They want to support. So if they decide, um, like I think Hulu, you pay for, um, the internet to have the Hulu on it. You have to pay for Hulu Premium to watch the shows, and then they still show you commercials. And they still show that. That bugs yeah. me. I, I don't know why, because cable TV is mo- more or less the same thing. Well, that's why right? I don't watch cable TV, right? So that's exactly yeah. why I said, you know, go it screw yourself. It does seem like Hulu is directed at the wrong um, consumer base, because the people looking for Hulu are the people lo- looking for that uh, alternative experience. Right. And I, and to me. If I was willing to pay to watch the shows and pay you a monthly, you know, amount to watch shows, forcing me to watch commercials just to watch those shows is like making me pay twice. In essence, pay with my time and pay with my yeah, money. Yeah, but guess what? They're starting to do it on iTunes now too. Really? I buy Bob's Burgers. I buy Bob's Burgers seasons. I love Bob's Burgers. My whole family watches it. We love the Thanksgiving episodes every year. And at the beginning of every episode, beginning and end, are commercials for other Fox shows. Mm. See, that's it's like oh, watch Cleveland Nine One One or something like that. You know, it's like shows I'm have that <clears throat> literally have no relevance to the show that I purchased, uh, which is even more insulting. Plus, I paid forty bucks for the season. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Exactly. It's not yeah, cheap. They don't, and that's why I'm I'm saying I'm willing to pay the premium to skip your commercials, and that should be the or or, or willing to go elsewhere to well, get that's it the other, without that's commercials. Really, what it comes the, down to, right? So it's that whole <laughs> that whole you're kind of proposing that, and this is what always kind of uh, it's kind of like this overreach thing. Like I don't know how much the content costs, but I know that when I used to have to pay twenty two dollars for a DVD. And now I'm paying like $26 for the digital version of that thing. And I could, you know, it just seems so... What, like, Jeff, you don't want to pay $24 for for um, to pre-order a movie on iTunes? What's yeah, wrong Yeah, what with could you? possibly... I must be broken in the head. Um, so to me, it seems like 
you know, if it's digital, it should be cheaper. There's no discs. There's no distribution chains. There's none. You like, it should be far yeah. cheaper to do it that way. But because you're in, that's not how uh, anybody in that market. But thinks. see, that's the issue. You know, I don't want to get on a soapbox. But to me, my choice then is either I don't get the content, or I find someplace else to get the content. Because to me, spending twenty four or twenty six dollars is and usually having unskippable trailers or commercials or stuff that I have to sit through, like well, that's that's why I don't have a Blu-ray player. Yeah, like I, I mean, well, I, you do, but you don't watch. I do, but I don't use it. <laughs> right. Like I don't use the PS4 as a Blu-ray player or anything because unskippable commercials, un, unskippable content, waiting for menus to load to to just watch the damn movie. Yeah, that I'd you just paid rather, for. I'd just rather buy it on iTunes. Yeah for the most part. Yeah, and it, I think the issue is always coming down to I've already made the decision to give you money to watch this thing. Why are you it's almost feeling like you why do you continue to overreach and continue to take either <laughs> and to me that the reason why I'm willing to pay is cuz my time is valuable. I I don't see sitting and watching 5 minute commercial break every 12 and a half minutes worth my time. So I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm either not gonna watch the you, content. You might you might if it was actually more relevant mm. to you. Like if if they if that's that's one of the things that tends to bug me about the advertising on TV is that they don't seem to know anything about the demographic. May- <laughs> I, I thought that that was a complete solved problem. Now that they know these are the types of people that watch Law and Order at two p.m. on a Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not that I'm doing that, um, <laughs> but I thought that, that would be a solved problem. It doesn't seem like, based on the commercials that they're showing, that they understand anything about that. Market. I guess I think to me though, like you're watching a show that is supposed to be about tension and character development, and then you're watching five minutes of commercials about popcorn and you know stuff, and then you come back and have to build that tension again. Like it, that's why shows yeah, on HBO true. are just so much better because they just that you see them from beginning to end without interruptions. And I could not imagine watching Fargo with commercials. Yeah, imagine because I buy, I just buy the seasons on iTunes. Yeah, exactly, and, and there's no breaks, and it's like the tension just builds and builds and builds, and you can see, oh, this transition was meant to have a commercial yeah. here. <laughs> but but it, it transitions smoothly into the next scene, which continues building the tension. Mm-hmm. And that is great. That's why I love like some some of these shows. Even Bob's Burgers, I complain about the previews and stuff. At least they're at the beginning and at right. the end. Yeah. Once they start um, putting in interstitials in there, I'm no longer paying 40 to 50 bucks for a season of a show. Do you, do you think, though, and we kind of turn this into a, a commercial, but it does really, it does relate heavily to this whole digital media consumption thing. Do you think they're going to continue to do that? Because I remember when cable TV first came out, it, the big selling point was no commercials. No commercials oh, yeah. is going to be great. You're going to pay a monthly fee, which sounds crazy at the time, but you won't have commercials. And then commercials started entering into it and now sometimes like when i'm uh like an auto dealership or something and they have cable tv on it almost feels like there's more commercials than actual show on which is bizarre i'm more and more convinced that idiocracy was sent to us as a documentary (laughs) from the the future future. i agree like i really think that that's the future we're headed towards which is every 
place that there can be a commercial that will, that will push the limits yeah. of what people are willing to tolerate just up until that point where they see a negative turn in revenue. But don't you think, and we talked about the App Store a little while ago, it does seem like people aren't willing to pay in general. Oh, so yeah. if something is going to be free, they're going to watch it with, you know, if it's a half an hour long show made into an hour because of commercials, to them, it's better than paying 40 bucks for a season with no commercials. Well, I also wonder if we're, we're talking talking about where the puck was, <laughs> because I think where the puck is going is YouTube and shows that only last seven minutes. Yeah, that's a really good... Uh, and cause, right, I, I think that's where it's going, where you won't watch a show that has 25 commercials, but you will watch a four-minute show that has one commercial. Correct, yeah. And my kids, um, you know, you're talking about your daughter... You know, this is the first TV that she can use to watch what she wants to watch. My kids have never turned my TV on to watch anything, unless it was to show me a video on the YouTube app. <laughs> you got to go install YouTube <laughs> yeah. on the Apple yeah. TV. I have that installed too, and it's it's nice-ish. I, I still, my big, my big complaint with all of these is search and finding yep. things, and the fact that there's no dictation for Siri blows my mind. It's true. Like, that you should be able to put, like, activate an input box on any app and then just dictate into yeah, it. Find, that seems That nuts. seems like it would be a very common sense thing to have happen. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think, I think my kids, um, they watch YouTube on iPads. Um, my oldest son has an iPad that he got for school. Like, the school gives it to him. And, and so he has that that he watches videos on. And my youngest son uses an, uh, my, one of my old iPad minis. And so they're basically watching their own – talk about controlled content. Yes, yeah, so their own, own little TV yeah. with their own selections. Yeah. My, my kid's not old enough that I feel comfortable with that, mm -hmm. though. Like, we've talked right. about this before. Right, right. The great thing about the Disney apps is I know she's – worst thing that's going to happen is she's going to watch, you know um, – the Neverland Pirates or something like that. You know, that that's there's no chance for her to deviate into yeah. the part of the world that I don't want her to yeah. know exists yet. <laughs> exactly. YouTube is Which very is most easy. of YouTube, yeah. <laughs> right? And and I can say like, hey, we want to go like one of the things on our agenda for today and later today is we want to watch uh how to videos about magic on YouTube. Oh. Right. She wants to learn how to do magic tricks. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. But I don't really want her going to YouTube and trying to search for like uh, show me a magic trick because who knows what's going to pop yeah. up, right? It could be like a scene from from like Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> like, I don't want her to... Yeah. It's some guy sh showing a, people his magic wand, which is not what you want yes, your daughter to see. Don't I look pretty, right? <laughs> just standing there. Just that. I don't... Don't want that. I don't want to take that chance. So I'm, I'm actually considering never introducing her to the YouTube app on the Apple TV. Just... And to be fair, it does have some parental mm -hmm. controls like safe content and stuff like that i could i could go that route i don't know if i trust them yeah <laughs> to, to get that safe content right well um, what they consider safe is it any worse than regular tv like if she had figured out the regular remote she could turn on any channel that has like then she could end up watching fargo yeah i mean i was right? i was telling my wife um that I had just, um, I guess it was inspired by a Back to Work episode that they were talking about The Godfather. And I was thinking to myself, I have The Godfather DVDs. I have no DVD player in my house anymore other than, you know, I could put it in the PS4. But I wanted to get them into Plex. So I put my DVDs into my old MacBook and slowly ripped them. And 
I was thinking back, like, when was the last time I saw The Godfather? And it was at a drive-in movie theater that my parents took me to when the movie came out. So I think I was probably seven or eight years old when I saw that movie. And that's a pretty harsh movie. I can remember, remember the, uh, the horse head in the bed scene really was like, that yeah. creeped the crap out of me for years. I was so terrified. So how, how long until they got their parenting award? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they knew it was coming. Or they figured I was going to be asleep in the back seat of the car yeah. the whole time and they were going to watch it. I mean, I was, oh man, I guess it's not the last drive-in movie I saw, which is probably Star Wars. I think that was mine too. It was also my like my first date when I was <laughs> really I don't know, six or seven, <laughs> something like that. It was like really yeah, because it was. I don't know why my parents decided that I needed a date and to go to a drive-in to see Star Wars, wow. but I just remember watching Star Wars at a drive-in and it was great. Yeah, it was like 1977 or something, right? I think something like that. Uh, yeah, 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 something like that. So yeah. you know, so anyway, um, as far as parental controls, they've never been that strict. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll give you my, my childhood trauma. My parents took me to the theater to see Animal House in 1978 when I was eight years old. Oh, my old. God. We left at the first dildo uh, scene. That's probably a good time but, to uh, go. Um, I had lots of questions. It's <laughs> like, what is going on? Why is what this? What is that thing? What is that? And I think when I was, massager. When I was 12, uh, my aunt and uncle took me to see the Amityville Horror, which... <laughs> Scared the, scared the crap out of me for years. Um, uh, so, yeah. controls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think what we have now is way better than than uh, than what we had then, which was just take your kid and they'll be fine. It's not. It's not a big deal. Well, for, yeah. And how many of us stayed up late to watch semi scrambled video of Skinamax? Skinamax, you or know? you had uh, you know when you were a kid, you were exposed to as a creature double feature or Doctor Shock or all these like horror movie things that they show yep. every Saturday. Um, I would watch those for hours. Um, so yeah, yeah. but I, I, I hate to be the old guy saying, "Oh, kids today." There's <laughs> a big difference between those old horror movies and like if they actually accidentally turned on Saw Two. Yes, I think you're so, totally right there. So, so I think the ability to really mess your kid up is it's a lot your more convenient. Game. It's a lot more convenient today <laughs> to mess your kid up beyond all repair yeah. than. Uh, I think you're right, but. That's not a, so. I guess to the point. That's not an Apple TV problem. Right. Like it's not. It's not a problem created by the Apple TV. It's partly mitigated by using an Apple TV because I can. Like she only cares about going into the Disney apps. She never goes to our movie collection. Right. She never goes to our TV collection. She just goes to the Disney app and watches her Disney shows. It's pretty great, actually. The thought of her just rambling in there and hitting this little control. She is so giddy about it. She did a dance <laughs> the first time she figured out how to make the apple tv sleep oh yeah it's like she yeah. figured it out is she put the thing to sleep and she's like i made it sleep i made it sleep yeah you know? it's uh my wife had the same reaction so it's, it's universal um it's cool you know did she do it she a did dance, a little dance too? um oh, that's cute yeah so that hardware function to jump back to that for a second it does exactly what you would expect a device like that to do now i don't know if the rokus and all those things do it but if they do also no. they don't they um, don't. The thought of <laughs> where it shuts down your TV and turns off the turns everything off. Yeah, right. The sleep like that's, you put it to sleep. That's it great. Turns the TV that's off. Convenient. Yeah, and I still find myself looking for the old remote to adjust the volume, and then remembering that it works on the Apple TV remote. Um, yep. So one of the things I was thinking, I I smacked myself in the forehead for not thinking about this, is I'm thinking, well, there's no battery 
access on this control, how you're supposed to charge it, how long does the battery last? And then I noticed that there's a very tiny lightning. Lightning, yeah. yeah so a little lightning connector. I it came. It, you got a freebie lightning cable yeah, too. Yeah, I can't. Like uh, like a bonus. I can't figure out how much battery power it has yet. Have you seen any indicators to when it's ready to charge? No. No, I, I'm waiting to see if the Apple TV is smart enough to tell me. Yeah, I am too, because... That would that would be pretty great, but I, I don't know yet. We haven't had to charge it, and I don't plan to charge it until we well, have I to. Well, I plugged it in just to see what it would do to my laptop, just to see if it would, you know, light up or have a little charging light or something, and there's no indication, no visual indication whatsoever that anything's happening. Yeah. So um, I assumed it was charging, but I have no idea. So we'll just, uh, we'll see how long it lasts, but it does a lot more stuff, so... Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I really like it. We, we have played with the, that's the other thing that I, I had hoped Siri would be a little deeper than it is yeah. on the, for the Apple TV. I do like doing like, what's the weather this week? You know, that kind of stuff. That's cool. It like pops up a little HUD from the bottom to show you the weather. <laughs> so it's a, it's an integrated part of the device. Yeah. We asked, um, yesterday and i didn't know if it was going to work i mean the, the there the, there is a really in-depth instruction book that comes with it no i'm kidding there's nothing there's literally nothing telling you anything <laughs> i was like <laughs> figure it out on your own i'm not even going to tell you how to charge the remote that's what apple said yeah that's that's the apple um, the apple's new way. way so uh she's like well what's the weather and what time is it and i just held down the siri button and said what's the weather and it said it and i said what time is it and it said it and i was like Hmm, I wonder what else this thing can do, and I, yep. I guess we'll just have fun exploring that now. But then I tried lots of stuff of like, you know, tell me when one of these, when's my, when's the birthday for this contact? You know, oh, like I would love if it did that. Didn't, did doesn't, doesn't understand that. But that's I think probably a future state of it's integrated with all your information. Yeah. And sync, somehow syncs up through iCloud and knows about all your contacts, um, which is another reason I wanted the most onboard storage. Because right. who knows what, what else type you can do? Because you know how Apple is about like they don't want they don't want to be doing that on the server side. They want that on the device side. Ah, so speaking right? of which, um, I think that uh, a lot of the other devices that had come out. I know the Xbox One did this for a while. It basically was always listening for you to tell it something. And it caused a lot of consternation with privacy folks and whatever. I like the fact that I have to push the Siri button to make it do something. Like it pops up and you push and hold. Push and hold. Yeah, you got to push it and yeah. hold it in the little, the little wave Which form. Which I thought appears. was a nice, it, at first that annoyed me <clears throat> because it pops up and says, oh, yeah, I have to actually hold the button yeah. down. And I was like, well, that's dumb. And then I realized it's because they don't want accidental right, triggers. Exactly. Because the, the buttons are really touchy and they don't want you to like accidentally hit it. And then it's just constantly recording. Yeah, uh, it was, it's, I, I liked, I was the same way. I was like, that's dumb. Like, why is that that way? But then the more I <laughs> use it, I'm like, okay, this actually makes quite a bit of sense. And I like it. Uh, the way they've implemented it, it was smart. Um, so I did try, um, like I, we were at the main screen and I said, you know, Siri, I want to watch Doctor Who. Um, I think it said that there is Doctor Who in Netflix, but when I tapped the icon, it didn't know what I, what I wanted it to do. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about Netflix. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree. Like it's baffling about when you do, sometimes when you do do a search, you don't even know what you should be able to do with the yes. results. And sometimes they come up and they're clickable. And they'll take you to what you expect, and sometimes it doesn't do anything. Um, and 
like it was it was a little disappointing. So I said, you know, find me Doctor Who. I feel like watching Doctor Who or something. And it showed up with an iTunes result and a Netflix result and no specific episode. But when I tapped on one of them, um, when I tapped on the Netflix one, it basically said, I don't know what to do with that. Like it just threw an yeah. error. And then uh, my wife wanted to say, um, we, we've been trying to work through uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And I said, show me the next episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine on Netflix. And it was like, it showed me like, I don't know, things with scarves in them or something. Like it was like not something that <laughs> it had no idea what I was asking it for. Yeah. Um, and then I did it again and it did show the Deep Space Nine logo and said it was on Netflix. But when I tapped it, it was like, um, it started Netflix, but it didn't do anything with it. Like it just took me to Netflix. Now it is nice that you can say... Yeah. You hold it down and say "Open Plex" or "Open Netflix" or whatever, and it will open the app, which I thought was nice. Yeah, that's actually way more convenient yeah. than sometimes using that control. Right. So there's there's some really cool things, but it's it's strange because you're left. You know, it's like this is left as an exercise to the user. You know, like fi you figure out. Yeah, that's typical Apple, though. I didn't expect anything different. I haven't actually checked. Yet. I'm betting you can hold down the Siri button and say, "What are what are the commands I can do with Siri?" Or something. Well, I know like that, that if you I just bet you there's a list. Yeah, if you just push it and let go, like just an instantaneous button push, it gives you hints on using Siri. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But it doesn't tell you the list of commands. No, it doesn't. That, that... Like the navigation stuff is really great, and that should be really upfront. Like. As soon as it started, Siri should pop up and say, hey, you can say, go back two minutes. Or, hey, you can say, jump forward 10 minutes. Yeah, I didn't even know you could do that. That's really like, awesome. You could do that. Like, that's great. That's so much better than using the remote directly. But can you do that in other apps or just the iTunes apps? I haven't tried them in all of them. I'm betting you can because I think it just... Every app seems to have the same scrubber. Yeah, I've noticed the that. The only one that has a different scrubber is the History Channel with the unskippable commercials. Oh, <laughs> so they have their own scrubber. It's just so, so they could route around the common <laughs> yes. inconvenient. But uh, from what I can recall, everyone has like the similar scrubber experience, which is really great, actually. like the, I think that scrubber is one of the best, e even for Plex. Right? Yeah, so it worked great. It's the best scrubber on Plex I've used, where you can just like quickly jump move around it seems to me like the plex app has more we keep jumping around too uh the plex app has more um buckets and features as well like i saw throughout history or order or order just things i've never watched like i found stuff that was on my Synology that i forgot that i had grabbed <laughs> you know that were just sitting there yeah um so it seems like it, i don't know the the, the apps the, the responsiveness in in most movies, that was the first thing I realized when I played Plex. That they're doing something special there because no other Plex experience I've had was the playback, the forward rewind, pause, that experience so responsive. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the Plex app on the Apple TV, it's almost like they've cached all the content <laughs> somehow. Yeah. And when you, when you jump forward and back, yeah, there's a little bit of a lag, but... In some of the devices I've used, the lag is significant. Yeah, it's, it's waiting and waiting and waiting. Video. Yeah, it's, yes. it's uh, even on the the Plex app on the Mac Mini seem to take longer than this, which is strange. Yeah. Um, so they're doing some magic there. I don't know how they did it, but it's great. So I, I saw something on Twitter it was an exchange between this guy John Kit and Merlin that said that the um, the swipe button, the swipe sound. Uh, if you're wearing surround sound headphones, goes from left to right and right to left. 
I didn't notice that because I don't have surround sound headphones for that, but that's huh. cool. And I also noticed uh, when you're submitting apps for... How do you use headphones I with it? I don't know. I have no idea how people are using it. Maybe they plug into your TV. People who have uh, you know, oh, like surround okay. sound receivers, you know. Um, to submit an app, you have a totally different uh, icon submission process now because apparently because it does that parallax... Uh, effect where it's kind of like a 3d button that kind of floats in space and wiggles around. Yeah. Uh, you have to like submit your icon in different layers. Oh, yeah. So I had okay. to do some exploration, uh, when we do the tap seller version of Apple TV the headphone thing. Now, now you got me curious because I haven't tried pairing a Bluetooth headphone with the, mm. TV, with the Apple TV. Cause that would be, That'd be awesome. You know, one of the nice things about the Roku is the headphone port on the mm-hmm. remote. So, like, uh, I have the one, we have a big uh, projection screen downstairs, which is where we kind of, like, when we want to have a big movie night, that's where we'll go. And, but it also has, like, the big surround sound system, so I can't really watch something after my kid goes to bed Mm -hmm. down there. But with the Roku, you can. You can plug it right into the remote with your headphones, and you're all set, and you can watch it on the big screen, but have your own headphones plugged in. Is it good sound quality, though? It's pretty cool. Depends on headphones, okay. yeah. But yeah, no, it's okay. okay. I mean, you don't get this. It's not like my surround sound, my 7.1 surround sound right, system. Right. Huh. That's kind of neat. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of, I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed by this little device. Um, it's a little bit taller than the old Puck, last year's Puck, but still yeah. fits under my uh, TV. And I plugged the network cable into it. Uh, I was, I've realized I've been using it on Wi-Fi the whole time. Um, so I plugged the network cable into it before the show. I'm curious to, to see if it makes any difference. It didn't, it seemed so fast before. I can't see how it would help drastically, but why not? One of the tests I want to try is the, um, travel experience with it, like taking it with you and, oh, and yeah. an HDMI cable and plugging in like a hotel TV to it and using it for airplay or any of that kind of stuff. Like I'm curious how much of it needs network to function. Yeah, you know I mean? that's true. Um, hmm. And is the controller, is it infrared or is it Bluetooth? It Bluetooth. Is. Should work. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? It does because I brought it up to my office to play around with the lightning port stuff. And I hit the, the pushed in the button on the tap, on the little tap screen. And when I went downstairs, the TV was on and on HDMI 1. Wow. <laughs> well, that's pretty good yeah, Bluetooth. I'll say. I was pretty surprised that that actually worked. So um, what uh, what's your thoughts on these beers now? Uh, yeah, I ran out of steam for the 60-minute. It got a little boring. <laughs> ran out of steam. Uh, I, you know, I have the 90-minute sitting here, so that's what I switched mm-hmm. to. Still a little bit um, left of the of both. Then, you know, it was good. I love 90 minutes. Yeah, it, it's it, great it def- stuff. The 90 minute definitely is a, it's a, I could drink this every day. It's so good. Um, but there's been some other, I was on a dogfish head kick when, when you suggested this as a, as a beer for the show idea, we went out beer shopping and I got um, some other um, dogfish head stuff. I got the Burton Baton. You've had, oh that's yeah. So that's good. And that's a fantastic <laughs> beer. It's, I don't know, like, what is it? It's a blended beer, which I guess, have you, so have you had it recently? Burton Baton, yeah. uh, not recently, probably last year. It's like they com- they combine an English-style Old Ale and an Imperial IPA. 
basically. And I didn't realize that it was that strange, but I know it's a very kind of complicated tasting beer. Um, that's an awesome one. That's the one that I had recently. Um, have you had any other good stuff lately? Um, just once for the show. I haven't actually had that much beer lately because I've had a lot of, uh, we have to do a show about how to, how to manage your life when your life is unmanageable. Yeah, we should do that. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> This has been a fun fall so far. Yeah, uh, that would be a good show topic. (laughs) I'm looking for more projects to add to my life, Jeff. I got a few I can give you if you need some. (laughs) Um, Let me see. I I actually did have a few good beers this week. Um, I had the Molotov Cocktail um, Simcoe edition, which is like their... I didn't know that... I thought it was just going to be a Molotov Cocktail with Simcoe hops, but it's not. It's a 13%... Double, I don't, I don't even know. They call it a double, but there's no way that's a double. That was crazy. 13%. 13%. It was overly sweet, in my opinion, wow. but it was it was interesting. Um, I had my Buffalo Trace Eclipse, the one that we Ooh. remember that. <laughs> that was yeah. from last year. I didn't want to let it. How was was it? fantastic. Um, it yeah. seemed like the Buffalo Trace, like the bourbon barrel flavor was definitely there, but it seemed less bold than it was last year. Maybe I'm just... More yeah. used to it, but that last year stuff that we well, had that probably mellowed it, exactly. out too. I think it mellowed out, and I kind of like it with a little bit more bite. Um, a friend of mine um, has been taking trips up to um, Massachusetts, a guy I work with, and he's been going up to visit his son and in school. And so he's been taking the next leg of the ride up to Vermont and coming back with Hetty Topper. And he came back and he brought me one of those two-day-old Hetty Topper and uh, a beer called Eureka with Citra by Treehouse Brewing. Uh, it's a golden or blonde ale. Really fantastic. I mean, it was like a a fruit bomb. It was terrific. Wow. Um, what else did I have? Um, I mentioned before there's a little brewery uh, called St. Boniface in Ephrata. Yep. Um they started distributing cases of beer to the local distributors. So I was able to pick up a case of Paideia, which is their regular pale ale, and a case of their uh, libation, which is their double. And I figure I'd take them around and give them to people to spread the word because I really love their beer. It's really good stuff. Nice. And I guess that's kind of it for beer this week. Um, other than the Breaking Bud that was on tap yesterday, which was great. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a good it was beer. fantastic. And I'm just looking through the list of Dogfish Head beers here at Tap Cellar. There are so many. And, so many. And, and I have grades on a bunch of them, of course. So I gave 60 Minute um, a B, and I gave 90 Minute an A. And it's funny, because without thinking about it, I have 75 Minute, which I give a B plus, hmm. which is partway right between, between a yeah. B and an A. <laughs> Which is 75 minutes, if you haven't had that, it's a blend of 60 and 90 that they then put in, I think, some molasses or something mm-hmm. like that, and and um, ferment it some more. It's really, it's a very good beer, uh, but I give the 120 minute a B plus, or a, sorry, my eyes are going back, yeah, B plus. <laughs> so 120 minute is like their barley wine. Yeah. It's like an 18% or something like that, the right? The 90 minute. And it's really not what you expect. When I first bought an, uh, and it's really expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't recall what a little bottle of 120 minute is, but it's it's pricey. <laughs> um, but when I had that for the first time, I was expecting this huge hop, like extra bitter explosion, and it's really not that at all. Like so, 
I would say it's great to taste once. It's 120 is not something that I seek out any mm-hmm. longer. Same thing with Utopias. I don't know if you ever had their Utopias. No, I've never had. I'm going through their list of the beers right now. It, at one point, it was like the most expensive beer in the oh world. Oh, my God. Like that. It's like really quite expensive for a bottle is like, you know, can be a thousand dollars. It's really crazy. It comes in like a metal bottle, like a metal That's flask. Almost. It's also, I think it's over 20% or something oh my like God. that. Um, but man, they make a lot of That's beers. It's funny. My, my 90 minute is an A minus my 60 minutes a B. So we're, we're right on track. Yeah. We're okay, similar. Yeah. Um, my one twenty minute experience was a B as well. I think it was too sweet when I had it. I felt it was just too overwhelming and sweet. Yeah, but. It, I, I, well, I think the one hundred twenty. My disappointment with one hundred twenty is because it comes from that series, and I expected it to be in line with a ninety minute. You know, I expected it to be ninety minute plus. Yeah, exactly. You know, if ninety minutes better than sixty minute for IPA, then one hundred twenty minute had to be amazing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and it was. It had to it be twice as good like at all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a different beer. That's the way yeah, I put that's it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So it's uh, it was an interesting uh, interesting week for beers. Uh, interesting week yeah. for television. All right, man. <laughs> I will talk to you later. Go watch Fargo season I will. two. Do I will. It. I will. Thank me. Thank I me will. later. <laughs> See ya. Okay. Bye. bye.